Hi, this is Liz Weaver, and you are listening to the Learning Success Podcast, an information-packed podcast with the latest news, information, and tips to help you overcome a learning difficulty. For anyone suffering from a reading difficulty, writing difficulty, a math difficulty, a focus problem, dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, or ADHD, this is the place for you. The Learning Success Podcast is brought to you by LearningSuccessSystem.com. Now, let me tell you about our host, Emily Sir. Emily is an educator and child care professional with international teaching experience. She has taught English as a second language, tutored the fine arts, and various other positions with kids all over the globe, including Spain, South Korea, and most recently, Australia. She received a Bachelor of Arts in English and Sociology in 2012 and has done extensive academic research, which has been published on multiple occasions. In addition to all of these things, Emily has dyslexia and ADHD and therefore has a greater understanding of the need for an open forum on these subjects and the impact they have on today's educational atmosphere. So, without further ado, welcome to this edition of the Learning Success Podcast with Emily Sir. And here's Emily. Welcome back to the Learning Success Blog Podcast, your weekly resource for news and education and learning disorders. The first half of this episode is aimed at a particular group, the parents, specifically the anxious ones. Wait, I just repeated myself. All parents are anxious, right? Especially those with children who suffer from a learning disorder. Will they do well in school? Will they behave themselves? Will the other kids pick on them? The list of things that can go wrong with learning disabilities is almost endless. Thankfully, though, we've gotten a scientific reason for you to relax. Studies have shown that parents who are anxious about their children's studies can negatively affect them. CBS News did a report in late 2015 that pinpointed a study done on over 400 sets of students and math-anxious parents. The reporter, Shannon Lubrand, cited the University of Chicago study that said that children of parents who were anxious about math and frequently helped with homework learned less math throughout the year than the children of more relaxed parents. Here's what happens, essentially. Your child is struggling in math. Anxiously, you try to help. However, because your child is sensitive, particularly if they have a learning disorder, They sense your anxiety and become anxious themselves. This leads to a decrease in focus and concentration and an increase in fear and self-doubt for the student in their math skills. You can see where this would end up being a vicious cycle. Thankfully, there are ways to overcome this. In an infograph contribution to learning success, Judy Hanning pinpoints causes of stress in students, and many of the same principles can apply to stressed-out parents as well. Similarly helpful is her list of tips that can help reduce the effects of stress. So if you're helping your child with their homework and you start to feel anxious, suggest you both take a break. Go hang out with friends or family for a bit. Ms. Hanning cites a strong social support network as a key factor in stress reduction. Play a game. Not even an educational one, just a regular game. A round of UNO or some other similar fast-paced card or board game. Something to break up the monotony of homework and reduce the anxiety. Get up and go for a walk during a particularly stressful bout of homework stress. Scheduled, deliberate breaks can prevent the all-too-common wandering that anxious students tend to do during homework. You know what I mean. When you aren't doing homework, but you feel so guilty about not doing it that you aren't doing anything fun either. 
We do that as adults too, and it's a bad example. Finally, be kind to your body. Be active, eat well, and get plenty of rest. Nobody does well at math with insufficient sleep. At this point, you may be thinking, but Emily, how do I make sure the children's breaks stay regulated? What if they won't focus? It all boils down to discipline, really. Not necessarily punishment, but discipline. Teaching the kids to self-regulate, which is difficult, is very important in study. You can't always be with them as they learn new things. In another article Ms. Hanning posted recently entitled Three Magic Rules for Better Discipline, she succinctly presents a three-step method for increasing discipline. In acronym form, her system is called CAP. C is for clear. Calmly present the rules in a clear fashion so there's no confusion. A is for accepting. Make sure the child in question knows that they are accepted regardless of behavior. Not that there won't be consequences, but a relaxed child is more likely to behave than a stressed one. P is for praise. Praise good behavior as well as the absence of bad. Ms. Hanning suggests that using this CAP method will increase peace and reduce stress in manners of discipline. Another thing you can do to help your child pay better attention to homework is limit their social media exposure. Another learning success infograph called Your Brain on Social Media presents the theory that our increased exposure to social media has lowered our attention spans considerably, even in the last five years. I know that, as a sufferer of ADHD myself, I fall victim to the social media whirlpool more often than I'd care to admit. But the little notifications are annoying, and the gratification of seeing how many likes my last photo got can be pretty enticing. Even now, at the mere mention of it, I'm having to keep myself from slightly checking my phone. The less exposure your child has to social media, perhaps the longer their attention span for things like math and spelling will be. Now it's time for the break, and when we return, we'll take a look at the current and yet age-old topic of girls in the math and science classrooms. For decades, the world thought that our brains would never change, that we were stuck with the brains we were born with. But modern neuroscience has turned that old belief on its head. We can change our brains. So if you or someone you know suffers from a difficulty in reading, reading comprehension, writing, spelling, or math, you can change that. Maybe you've been diagnosed with dyslexia, dyscalculia, or dysgraphia. There's hope. Modern science calls this neuroplasticity, the ability for our brains to form new neurons and new neural connections. No one knows everything about neuroplasticity yet. It's pretty cutting edge science. However, a lot of evidence suggests that certain body exercises can trigger it. We call these exercises bilateral coordination exercises or BCEs. We've put a lot of BCEs in the learning success system. If you've been struggling for years trying to overcome a learning difficulty, if you've tried everything, then the answer might be the learning success system. Get rid of that I'm just not good at dot 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 attitude and start making a change for the better. If your solution has been to just try harder, there's an easier way. If you have a difficulty in reading, writing, spelling, or math, there's an underlying cause. If you don't get at that underlying cause, then just trying harder only leads to frustration. The learning success system breaks down the components of learning. You'll find the weak spots and work on them. Instead of studying harder, find the underlying cause. Sure, that's a little work, but it's so much less work than suffering with the learning difficulty for a lifetime. Get started on the learning success system today. Go to www.learningsuccesssystem.com. I'll see you there. 
We've all heard the myth, girls aren't good at math. In a Huffington Post article of the same name, author, scientist, statistician, and inarguable universal success, April Delancey, recounts her foray into the world of math as a young girl. She recalls that in the fifth grade, she became interested in math after discovering a particular set of problems that fascinated her. Planning to go on for a math degree in college, she was unprepared for what she would face in the seventh grade. Unfortunately, math discrimination is a real thing. A male professor at her school informed her that because she was a girl, she was not good at math, and never would be. Anytime she came across something that was difficult for her, rather than teach her, he fell back on this assumption. April wasn't offered any tutoring or homework help, only the tired old line that she didn't and never would get it because she was a female. Throughout the rest of her pre-collegiate academic career, Ms. Delancey believed the line herself, and found many others of her gender that also believed it of themselves. Thankfully, in university, she took a basic math class with a female professor. It actually has been shown that girls excel in math when taught by a female professor, but more on that later. Her professor took a genuine interest in teaching the subject, and not just to a select few. Perhaps it was because, as a member of the generation before Ms. Delancey, she had faced even more stigmatization and backlash for her interests. After reading the book Overcoming Math Anxiety by Sheila Tobias, Ms. Delancey began to excel in math. Here at Learning Success, we talk a lot about student anxiety as it pertains to learning disorders. As evidenced by April's story, that is truly the biggest setback any student will face. Anxiety only makes matters worse and increases the symptoms of the disorder or difficulty in learning. From her renewed love of math, April found her current quite successful career path, helping companies of all sizes take their data and turn it into business plans. She also studied biostatistics, bioinformatics, and epidemiology in postgraduate study. Now imagine a world where April Delancey had never been told that it was okay to struggle initially, and that she could overcome her difficulty in math. That's where our next article comes in. The iSchool Guide website recently published an article titled Girls Get Higher Math Scores When Taught by Female Teachers. Author Hannah Sanchez discusses this phenomenon by addressing student perceptions of the teaching methods of male versus female math teachers. The female students in the classes say that their female teachers are more likely to encourage everyone, and not just the boys, to participate in class. The study was performed in South Korea, one of the most educationally competitive countries across the globe. The researchers also believe that one reason for the increased performance of girls in the subject was due to the fact that they felt more welcome and comfortable asking questions with a female teacher. If you think about it, it makes sense. If you were a student that was told that you would fail at a subject, that would probably make you much less likely to ask for clarification if you were confused. Nobody wants to be singled out as a failure. Creating an open and welcoming environment for students of both genders is very important in schools. Many people are afraid that by encouraging girls to be more active in the sciences and math, we will be discouraging boys to do well in these subjects. This simply isn't the case. The idea is to create an environment for each individual student to study, without judgment, what they are good at or interested in. Granted, a lot of times that means girls will go into social sciences and boys will pursue things like math and chemistry. However, if a girl wants to be an astrophysicist or a boy wants to be a teacher, what is so wrong with that? Thankfully, girls are getting the encouragement they need in some places. The LA Times reported on a new Girl Scout badge that was implemented in late 2015 in Orange County. The badge will reward 6th through 8th grade scouts for studying in the STEM subjects. Michael Miller reported that the Orange County branch's stated goal with this badge is, quote, to turn girls' interest into action and make STEM the winner in the competition for girls' attention when it comes to career choices, end quote. The badge itself is quite interesting in its manner of obtainment. In order to get the badge, girls must study science or math in their day-to-day -day lives, whether by observing physics in a roller coaster, chemistry through nail polish, or data storage with the music on their smartphone. 
Its purpose is to link science, technology, engineering, and math to the real world as it relates to girls. It will increase their awareness and perhaps pique their interest in the fields. Thank you for listening to the Learning Success Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We also hope you have learned something useful, something that you can take back and improve your life with today. If you would like to say thank you, the best way for you to do that is to share this podcast with a friend. Help us help others along this journey. And if you haven't already, please rate and comment on the podcast. Every rating helps us and helps this podcast get out to more people. We appreciate it and we appreciate you. Thank you again and make today a great day. No one should have to live with a learning difficulty.